welcome to Embracing the Journey, a program focused on the freedom that comes from being able to talk about death. I'm Lori Burkhart Frank. I am so pleased to introduce you to Hospice Nurse Julie, an internet phenomena with a passion for educating people on the death and dying process. She creates informative videos for her TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube channels. She was a speaker at the Metal and Annual Convening in Nevada City last August. Welcome, Nurse Julie. Hello, thank you for having me. Well, this is just a thrill. I remember hearing you speak last summer and just thinking, wouldn't it be nice if we could get you to come on this program? And it's great because I know you don't even live in Nevada City. (laughs) I don't, I don't, but I'm happy to be here. And I love Nevada City, so anything I can do for you guys. Well, that is so great to have you here. And I thought we'd start off with just letting us know a little bit about what led you to your work as a hospice nurse. Yeah, so, I mean, I uh, have been a nurse for over 15 years, and my first seven or eight years were in the ICU, which is the intensive care unit, so quite the opposite of hospice work. And being that kind of nurse for that long has led led me to want to see the other side of death and dying because there were still people dying just in the hospital and hooked up to a lot of machines and um, just, which isn't always bad, you know, but it, but it made me think, you know, I want to try something else. Uh, I think we're kind of missing the communication link of like what's truly happening to some people in the hospital. And I just led me down a path to look into death and dying and hospice and dying in the home and natural death just got me curious. And I sort of just took the leap and applied for a hospice job <laughs> about eight years ago. Eight so years ago. here I am. Yeah. And, and yeah. so uh, you're, you're obviously, um, well, maybe not obviously to our listeners yet if they haven't heard you, but you are an Internet sensation and you have uh, <laughs> gone viral on your conversations about death and dying. So have you found that people have always been interested in what you do as a hospice nurse? Oh my gosh, I had no idea, to be honest. In my everyday life while I was being a hospice, you know, when I first started hospice nursing, uh, most of the time, if I mentioned it to friends, even my family, it was kind of like, you know, no one, people didn't really want to talk to me about it. Um, You know, but a couple years ago, when I started this really on a whim, the social media thing. Uh, it was it was on a whim. I had helped a couple friends uh, with their parents who had died, and they were encouraging me that the things I was telling them were fascinating and they just didn't know and people should hear about it more. And I thought, you know what, I'm just going to try it. And and I was really surprised to see how, they, how quickly the Internet kind of uh, uh, took to it. So I was surprised, I'm, I'm surprised to say the least, but it does seem like people seem to be ready to want to learn about death and dying, which I think is amazing. Cause in my opinion, the more we learn about death and dying, which sounds crazy, the better we live. I feel like it really impacts our daily lives. The more we can, um, educate ourselves about what it's what it's like to die because we're all going to do it i totally agree i mean that's one of the reasons that uh, we we have this program because we believe the same thing and when you started did did you have an intention to develop all these content i i know i read somewhere you have like over 600 videos is that right I have no idea. I just know I make a lot of videos. <laughs> it has been a couple of years. 
So I really, I feel like a lot of people say this, but with all sincerity, I really didn't have a plan. I knew there were like five or six topics, which is not many, by the way, that I knew I could just sort of rattle off things. I'm like five or six facts about death and dying that I thought personally were fascinating. So I wanted to tell people that. And then that those videos really did go viral, like pretty quickly. Like I think the fourth video in, it went viral. And wow, really the stopped. fourth video in. And, and yes, had you yes. ever posted that publicly, any, anything else no. or known anybody that went viral? No, 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 no. <laughs> this is what I mean. It was really like, wait a minute, people are interested. Again, like I said, I was so used to people in my everyday life kind of being like, yikes, leave me out of this, you know, like leave me out of this conversation. So to see that happening, I remember my sister saying to me, once it kind of started happening, because then it, once it went viral, it like kept going viral, like day after day. And my sister was like, aren't you going to run out of things to say? And I remember thinking like, oh my gosh, no, I have so many things I could talk about. Um, but now two years into it, not that I'm running out of things to say, but I am like, oh, wow. I was, I, you know, here I am two years ago on a radio show talking to you. <laughs> you know, like I didn't. And, you know, I do kind of, like, repeat some things, and I get inspired by what um, some of my followers will write in or questions they'll ask me. So there's always more to talk about, but it's definitely had a mind of its own. Yeah, and so when you started posting topics, what were some of these most watched or biggest viral uh, videos about? Yes. So the things that I found most fascinating are the ones that seem like other people find most fascinating, which are the death, like the, the phenomena that can happen during the dying process, which, you know, it happens so often that we actually educate uh, our patients and their families. You know, there's things like deathbed visioning, you know, this death stare, I like to call it, or the death reach, um, just different experiences that many, 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 many people have during this dying process that um, I really want people to know and understand because many people think like deathbed visionings means that someone's confused or someone's hallucinating or they're delusional and they need medicated when in reality it's just something that happens to many, many people at the end of life where they'll have these visions of their loved ones who have died or pets who have died and have come back to see them. Um, it kind of depends on the person and what's going on, but uh, it happens so much that that's just something us hospice workers would generally just educate about because we see it so often. Well, so that's one of the viral ones that go that always goes viral. When, it, when you talk about the death reach, my husband passed away a few years ago and was on hospice, and I did do a lot of research. You weren't on, on viral yet, so you, you weren't there to help me when I needed you, Julie, but... Um, <laughs> I, when watching your, your videos recently, that's one thing I never read about, but he definitely did this reach thing, and, yeah. and and he didn't move very much, so that was a fascinating thing. Could you talk just a little bit about what the death reach is? Yeah, well, I mean, it can look different for everybody, and I would say, because there's two different things that can happen. There's, like, the thing that I would call the death reach, which I'll explain in a second, and then there's then there's people who could be agitated and kind of moving their arms around and, like, having issues, right? So the death reach is really specific where they don't seem agitated, right? They are, it almost looks like they're seeing something or someone, or even if their eyes are closed, right? Mm -hmm. They're making, like, this kind of, like, intentional reach, uh, upward usually, sometimes outward. Everyone's different, 
But um, and they can even hold their arms there for quite some time. And the family will look at me like, "What? What are they doing?" You know. It, it amazed and, me with my husband because he really—it was so hard for him to move and to see him lift yes. his arm and just hold it there. And then the yeah. other thing that he did, and you just spoke about it, is he then he started moving his arm up and down, like above his belly and. When I was journaling later that night, I thought, that's where our beagle used to sit, who had passed away, our dog. Yes. And I thought, he's petting Millie, and Millie had come back yes. to visit him. So you just validate these stories that were that I hadn't necessarily shared with a lot of people. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes, exactly. And for anyone listening, if that's ever, if you've ever experienced something like that or you are experiencing something like that, I always say, you know, if they don't seem agitated by it, if they seem okay with it, it's okay. Just let it be. You know what I mean? Let it be. Let them have yeah. that moment. Let them keep their arm up there if they want to. If they don't seem agitated. If they don't seem irritated. It's okay. Just You can just let it be. Same well, with the hallucinations and things, which they're not hallucinations, but people who, you know, people will say, I'm talking to my mom or, or, or I saw my dad in the room. As long as they're okay with it. It's okay. And you know, that just not agitated by it. gives me tingles to hear you say that because I have heard so many people say that. And again, sometimes quietly because they don't know how well it'll be accepted. But then yeah. when you share these stories and some of your followers share their stories, it, it's very validating. Yeah. You know, it really started... So not because most people don't like to tell people that that's happening, mm-hmm. uh, so they don't. But when I started educating, just as a just during my regular nursing job, not on the internet, but on, on my regular nursing job, I would go through some of the symptoms that happen, the signs and symptoms of someone getting closer to death, and one of them is seeing dead relatives, dead loved ones, and I'll just openly talk about it. And when you do that as a hospice nurse, that is when people open up because. That's what I would, because it, it truly is, it gives you a timeline. If your loved one is saying they're seeing dead relatives or dead pets or their old neighbor who died 30 years ago, that really does give you a timeline. They're usually about uh, three weeks to a month before they die if they, if they start talking about that stuff. Oh, that's and so most people won't tell you but, if you, but if you mention it, then they go, well, you know what? <laughs> they were talking about da 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 you know, so that's how in my career I've been able to see how often it really happens because people, because I, because I, I, I don't ask the question, are you seeing dead people? You know, but, but I just mentioned, hey, these are some things that could be happening that might seem strange and, and they're not. It's okay. Well, it really is a that up. comforting thought to think that our, our loved yeah. ones who've passed on are there to greet us. Yeah. Yeah. It, there's a, one of the, the stories, um, that you share on on one of your videos was a miracle that you you shared on about this woman who you thought was you know just hours from dying and and she had just gotten home I think from the hospital and uh, you were thinking that you'd go back the next morning and be there for her family who would probably have lost her and could you talk a little mm-hmm. bit about that miracle? Yeah, um, yeah. So that was one of the. So, so I, get, I was doing an admission, so I was waiting at the person's house for them to come from the hospital to get admitted onto hospice. And if I'm honest, I was a little annoyed because it was really late and I was supposed to be going home and I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to be a late admission, blah, blah, blah. And then when, when she arrived, she was young and she had younger children. Her children were probably in her 20s, their 20s. 
And um, I could tell right away she was actively dying, which means she was in the last phases of life. So clearly, just from being a nurse for a long time, clearly very, very close to death. Um, no question in my mind. You know, she had the changes in breathing, which is when, when that shows us as like healthcare professionals that things metabolically and physiologi- physiologically were going on in her body that were shutting down systematically. She was cyanotic, which means blue, you know, clearly not oxygenating, not, not, um, not awake. She was unconscious. She had changes in breathing. She had terminal secretions, which means like the death rattle kind of gurgling noise. She was so close to death that I thought, you know what? And her kids were young and I could tell they weren't fully understanding what was happening. So I thought, you know what? I'm just going to stay here until she dies. Cause it looks like she's going to die kind of any minute, maybe at least in the next hour or two. So maybe I'll just stay here, do the admission, kind of help prepare the family. And then as time went on, she wasn't dying and I had to eventually go cause it was already late. But I thought, you know, I better make sure I tell the kids that this is happening tonight. And I was pretty, I was obviously kind, but pretty blunt because I wanted them to understand like, Hey, this is it. You need to get family here. You need to tell everyone what's going on, get some support. Call me when she dies. I just automatically assumed she was dying that night. Um, and then in the morning, nothing, no phone call. The office didn't call me. There wasn't an email saying she had died. And I was like, what the heck? What the heck happened to this lady? Right? So I called the family to be like, why didn't you call me? <laughs> I didn't say that, but I was thinking that. Why didn't you call me? And they answered the phone, and the son sounded like oddly happy. And I could hear um, people laughing in the background and stuff, and I thought, oh, okay. You know, what happened? How was the night? Oh, you know, night went good. Mom woke up this morning. She said she was hungry. She wanted pancakes. And so she's up in the kitchen eating pancakes. Just mind-blowing. <laughs> seriously, you're telling me. I had never seen anything like this, and I, and I really thought, I didn't want to be, like, totally outrageous with them, so I just thought, oh, my gosh. I just said, oh, wonderful, okay. And I thought to myself, I want to go over there and see this for myself <laughs> because she was so close to death. That's why, even though, so she did die three months later, which doesn't sound like a lot of time for a lot of people, but to know what death looks like, to know how close she was, to see how unconscious she was, to see how she was not oxygenating, there was no way her brain was receiving oxygen, enough oxygen to have her be awake and eating pancakes the next morning is a, is a true miracle. That was a miracle to, to have her, I don't know what it was, how it happened, but um, that should not have medically happened. Well, no you, way. You are listening to Embracing the Journey on KVMR. I'm Lori Burkhart Frank, and my guest is Hospice Nurse Julie, the internet phenomena with a passion for educating people on death and dying process. And she just told us about this amazing miracle. And I think, um, Nurse Julie, that probably every hospice nurse I've ever talked to, either my own family or interviewing or is that they give you these this information they educate us on you know what we can expect but none of them will say you know exactly when death will occur even though I know that you know as a caregiver it's like can, you know do, can you give me an idea <laughs> it, it mm-hmm. because I suppose that there's indication indicators but none of us know yeah 
Yeah, the longer I've been a hospice nurse, the less and less precise I always am. I do sometimes if I, you know, I'll give ranges, you yeah. know, hours to days, days to weeks. But I've just learned over the years that it's like people really do surprise you. People really do surprise you. Well, what are some of your views about miracles or do you have others that you could share with us? Yeah, I was just going to say, so in general, even though even though I, I love talking about all of the warm and fuzzy stuff about the things that I've, that I witnessed and all of it, pretty much all of it is warm and fuzzy. But what I really love is like the science behind dying. Like I actually think it's comforting. And I think most people would too, which I will get, I will get to the other, my beliefs on miracles and stuff in a second. But I also would like for people to know that like um, our bodies are built to die and they know how to do it. And from what I've witnessed as a hospice nurse, um, our bodies do take care of us at the end of life. And I think seeing how our bodies know how to do it, which I could get into it, I could get into more detail of that, but like it's actually built to do it. Like our calcium levels rise, so we fall asleep. It kind of turns off this mechanism to, so, that, so we're not hungry and thirsty at the end. So there's things that our bodies do to really help us die and help us be comfortable at the end of life, which I think is miraculous right there. Like that was the one thing that surprised me so much from going from the ICU to hospice. It took me like a good year to really watch this happen over and over again, where I started being like, wow, our bodies, even though we're dying. And it, so that feels like the bad part, right? No one wants to think about that. But what I was so amazed about was that our bodies helped us. Our bodies knew how to do it. And, of course, there are some symptoms because of diseases we die from, but there are many people I see on hospice who don't have any medication, uh, and they just naturally and peacefully die. And that is really so valuable, what you just shared, is to think about that, is that it it truly is a natural process, and um, that our bodies uh, don't need our bodies don't need to resist, and if we can have some peace yeah. around that. Yes. I think that's where the education comes. That's, that's why I, I started becoming so passionate about this, is that if people could be less afraid to learn about it, you know, it, it would truly help them. It would. I've just seen it so many times, how much it helps to learn and understand and know. It really decreases fear, which really helps us live better uh, and die abs- better. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I've no I answer your miracle. Oh question, yes, really. yeah. I'd okay? love to hear more about miracles. <laughs> well, in general, I mean, in general, my thought is, I don't know, I don't know, but I know what I see, and it, it really gives me, um, it gives me like great hope and peace in general. Just being a hospice nurse, people think it's depressing. I would say it's the it's the opposite. It really is. It gives me a lot of peace and hope, and um, I don't see a lot of suffering. I don't know what's happening really, right, as far as like the miracle, the miracle stories go or the different things that I see that seem, you know, supernatural or something. I don't know what's going on, but I know that it feels beautiful mm-hmm. and feels peaceful and it gives me hope. So I think I just know enough to know that, I don't know, I don't know. I do, <laughs> I do believe in miracles. I feel like I've witnessed them, you know, but it's like, why does it happen? How does it happen? I don't know. And I'm okay with that. I'm okay with not having the answer. Well, I've noticed that in some of your videos um, that your followers are must be communicating with you a lot because I love the videos where they share a story and, and then give you permission to share it. So 
Do you have yeah. some favorite stories you can share with the listeners? Oh my gosh, there's so many good ones. Um, I I can think of one that stands out right now, but there are truly so many. But one that stands out is someone was, I think it was, I can't remember the exact details, but I think it was their dad who was dying. And the dad was like whispering something over and over and over again. And they couldn't really make it out because it was really soft. And then finally one of the children went over and said like, Dad, what are you saying? And they, they put their ear right to his right to his mouth, right to his lips. And they heard him go, are they, what, what are you saying? What are you seeing? And then they heard him whisper, the light. Oh, <laughs> like, the, light. Know, the light. The light. And he was saying over and over again, the light, the light, the light. Wow. And it was just the most beautiful story. And I'm sure I'm missing details to make it even, that made it even more beautiful. But I just love that, that they were all like, what's he saying? What's he saying? What's he saying? And then finally they listened and it said the light. He said the light. Oh, I'm getting tingles on all these things that we're talking about. Um, There was another story that I just remembered that you shared, that somebody had shared with you uh, about, um, I think it was a a family member who had not, uh, they were disappointed because a parent had passed before their baby was born. I know exactly what you're talking about. (laughs) Could you share that story? I that one too, yeah. Yes, I hope I don't uh, totally butcher it. But you can find these stories all on my um, on my pages too. But um, so, a woman's mother was dying, and she couldn't be with her mom because she was many months pregnant and maybe on bed rest, something like that. And something like her, but her sister was with her mom um, before she died, and her mom mentioned something about going on the stairs or being on the stairs. And her sister was a little confused, like, "What the heck is mom talking about?" Um, and, but didn't really say anything about it, but told her sister, like, mom's saying some weird stuff about being on stairs. I don't know. Anyway, cut to her mom ends up dying and she, she has a baby and years later, um, she, she heard her daughter, like uh, as a child, three or four talking about grandma or something and, and saying something about, oh, I miss grandma or something about grandma. And and she was like, no, honey, you never met your grandma. She died before you were born. And she said her daughter said with attitude, I, I did too see grandma, mom, and said I, something like, I sat with her for a while on the stairs before I came to be with you. Oh, wow. I know, <laughs> I know. And it's even, read, it's even written so much better <laughs> when, she, when this woman wrote it. And when I read it, but that's like the basis of the story. She said something like very clearly about stairs and being with her grandma on the stairs before she came to be with her mom. It was like, oh. And then she showed a picture of her mother at her daughter's age now, and they are spitting images of each other. Wow. It's so beautiful. I know. It's so beautiful. And I get stories like that all the time. You know, it's just so amazing. So, how many emails do you get a day, Julie? Because so I many mad- emails, <laughs> <laughs> so many emails, way too many. I mean, I really actually do end up getting to all of them, but it takes a while. It takes a while. Oh, I, I bet. And you are still a a hospice nurse, right? Yes, and yes, uh huh. And I'm still a hospice nurse, which I love. I yeah. really do love it. But this yeah. must be taking um, additional. That I mean, you're doing your work in many different ways. You know, as yes, I, I, um, I do both kind of, I, I'm not a full-time hospice nurse, and I haven't been actually, even before social media, 
I do what I call, um, which I suggest all nurses to do. I work per diem, which means you basically can work when you want to work, but mm-hmm. I usually will work a lot and then I back off and then I work a lot and I back off. And it's really nice to kind of give me a break when I need it and then really work when I want to. It's really great. So really in great. your your huge followers because again you're you're the, the first and only person I've ever talked to that's gone viral on social media so I'm pretty <laughs> excited um, but but do you get a sense of like the age groups that that um, are followers yes so it depends on which platform you're on but in general on all the platforms it's usually about 45 years old and above those are my, that's the majority. So there's really like um, all ages, but like the majority are um, 45 plus on all platforms and women, some men, but mostly women. Interesting. Interesting. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And so why do you think your topic, this topic is so well received at this time in the world? You know, I've thought about that. I wonder, so I started doing this in 2021 right after mm-hmm. the pandemic and shutdown. And so, you know, we were all, start, the world was starting to open up a little bit in 2021. So it wasn't full shutdown. Um, but I do wonder if that has something to do with it. If people were kind of just starving for information or ready to talk about death and dying, because we just went through this whole awful experience globally kind of together. Um, that's the only thing I can think of. I don't know if I would have started it sooner if people would have still been interested, you know, or even before COVID happened in 2018, you know, if it was 2018 and I started it, if people were still wanting to listen, I would, I don't know. Cause I didn't do it, but, um, all I can tell you is that I was surprised. I'm really surprised by how many people are really willing to go there and listen and learn. And, and, uh, it's really, uh, I'm so happy. It makes me feel like, man, this is the time. Maybe we really can, kind of all, uh, I, I really want to change the way we look at death and dying, you know, really stop making it this taboo topic. Well, so you're, if people you're, are ready and willing, let's go for it, you know. You're um, definitely doing it. I mean, because again, you oh, have so many so. different platforms between Instagram and TikTok and Facebook and YouTube where people can, uh, you know, find hospice nurse Julie and (laughs) and I love that there's so many there's such a variety of topics uh, because again when I was going through it I'd had some really specific times where it's like I just feel like I need to know what this breathing means you know this particular Mm -hmm. type of breathing Um, but then there'd be other things you know that that were gentler yeah 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 yeah, there's like some, I really try to talk about like factual things and things I know just because of nursing school and because from being a nurse for a long time. And then the crazy things that happen just because connecting with other humans can be really fascinating. That's, that's my favorite part of my job is like getting to meet all of these fascinating people, you know, and hearing their fascinating stories. That's also really heartwarming and amazing. So I try to do, um, you know, I see what I love in my day and I feel like, a lot of other people will probably love it too. So I'll share it. So I, I do remember when you spoke here in Nevada City and somebody asked you about, you know, your colleagues and, and you know, did they realize they were among a superstar <laughs> and, and you were very <laughs> humble <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, about that. Um, but I'm now wondering, 
some of your patients, do they realize uh, the, the effect that you're having out in the world? <laughs> you know, every once in a while, I do get patients and their families who who recognize me from uh, from social media. I still wear a mask when I go into most people's houses. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people don't see my faces, my face, which I think helps. I live in Los Angeles, which is like a really big city, so I think that helps. Um, but every once in a while, I remember having um, a patient, I was talking to their son, and, I, and he just stopped me. He goes, you don't need to say in all of this. I already know it. I listened to all your videos. I know who you are. I already know what you're going to tell me. And I just started laughing. I was like, and I had a mask on. I said, how do you know who I am? What do you mean? He's like, I can recognize your voice. I know what you're going to say. Anyway, it was really sweet. But that really doesn't happen that much. Thank God. Thank God. I don't actually, it's okay if people do say that to me, but it is always like, I do try to keep my work life and my social media life pretty separate, but sometimes it, sometimes they run together. (laughs) Well, in the last few seconds, do you have a message that you really want the um, your followers and listeners of the show to take away about the death and dying process? Yeah, I just think it's our body knows how to die, and the more we can learn about it, the the less we will fear it. For that's been my experience. So, just get educated, and I and and uh, and I think you'll see it's not as scary as as you think. Well, thank you, hospice nurse Julie, and you are listening to Embracing the Journey on KBMR. I'm Lori Burkhart-Frank, and my guest has been hospice nurse Julie, internet phenomena with a passion for educating people on death and dying process. You can tune in and listen to Embracing the Journey the fourth Wednesday of each month at 630. If you have an idea for Embracing the Journey, please send us an email at embracingthejourney.org.